the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KDOW. KDOW. Streaming now on smart speakers and radio.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Ah, investing during the time of COVID. Was a dating man during the time of HIV. And when I talk about HIV, is there was a period of time where no one knew what was going on. And you kind of had to show up on your dates with a blood test that said you're pro or not. Like we didn't know if we could hold hands for a couple years there. We didn't know we could kiss and not spread it. COVID's kind of done the same kind of job on us psychologically. The rules seem to be changing. Stock market goes down 10%. In a week, then it goes down 30%, 35% in a month. A correction becomes a bear market faster than anything we've ever seen before. The rules are changing a little bit. It's important that you have comfort level. I've seen people freak out during change. I got an email from a listener who's been a longtime listener who basically said something along the lines of, I'm pissed off. I'm angry at the stock market. It roared back and it shouldn't have. It should have taken some time off. I know. I would have thought that too, but I went with it. Last night during a webinar, I was kind of doing the Q&A incident messenger role. So I was answering a lot of questions. And someone said, and this pissed me off. This made me so angry. They said, I sold when the market got hairy back in March, down 35, 40%. When do I buy back in? And I go, who told you that? He goes, a coworker. I'm like, why were you not listening to this show? I've worked my butt off since March. I'm I know not you're saying. Take this anymore. I know you're saying you're working at home. You're probably wearing pajamas right now, and you're angry because you've worked your butt off since March. Boo hoo! But he listened to a coworker on market timing. Uh, and I'm like, suddenly I'm like, did your mom drop you as a child? Like, do you have some sort of issue processing? You're listening to a coworker. You have Rob Black, the greatest treasure 
I'm a financial treasure in the Bay Area. I know you're saying that's a little self-proclaimed, isn't it? Well, yeah, 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 a little bit. But a coworker? I told you to stay involved. I told you to stay invested. I said at the start of the year, maybe sell off a little bit of growth. In hindsight, that may have been a bad idea. Because growth has worked for 10 straight years. It seems like it would be a good idea to say, eh, take a look at value. It's almost as if you flip a coin and you go heads 10 straight times. Like, I'm going to give the value side. The side that doesn't get as much love, tails. Or dare I say in this racially charged environment, black or white, sometimes it's okay to go gray, right? You don't have to be one or the other. So why would you listen to a coworker instead of me? I've done this 25 years. I've done, I've seen good markets. I've seen bad markets. I've seen good markets turn bad. I've made jokes about them. I've, I've tried to make them relevant and relative to you. Where I'll say some women age like, I could say that in the 90s, no problem. But now with hashtag me too, I shouldn't. I should never have said it. Some women age like fine wine. Some women age like milk. Like, and same thing with stocks. I, I would try to, I, I would desperately try to tie everything, even stupid comments that hurt a group of people, women. Um, I'm like, dude, I've done this for 25. Got to you through everything, and you're listening to a coworker. So that brings us to the the advice of the day. You can pick your nose. You can pick your friends, but you can't pick your friends' nose. You can pick your stocks. You, you know where I'm going out with that, right? Talking about a mixed metaphor. Picking noses. Why would you ever listen to a coworker? I mean, let's say you're let's say you work at a restaurant. <laughs> let's say you work at the DMV. Oh yeah, Jimmy the DMV told me to sell stocks. I'm like, Jimmy the DMV. The market was down 35%, 40%. That's the time to buy stocks. Stock market's never gone to zero. The stock market never has had a 60%. Well, it had one 60% correction. The stock market rarely gets worse than 40%. CFP Chad Burton had some incredibly stupid, inane slide at our recent webinar. I was like, let's take a look at the first 43 years of the stock market. Oh, look at this, up 10.3% each year average annually. Now let's take a look at the last 43 years. Oh, up 10.6%. There's not a lot of difference there. And what he was trying to say, and I love it, 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 is that this market's seen the World War. It's seen World War II. It's seen Nagasaki and Hiroshima. It's seen high inflation. It's seen low inflation. And yet inflation kind of stays right around the same level. And stock market returns stay right around the same level. This market has seen sharks with lasers. This market has seen us go to the moon. I mean, what's more exciting than going to the moon? Do you know NASA? I love NASA. I'm not a NASA nerd. I'm nothing like that. But like, we have digital watches because of NASA. They had to figure out how do we do all these technical countdowns in, in the face of gravity issues. And poop. There goes the digital watch. Texas Instruments somehow got a hold of that. And they became the digital watch company. And then they started making computers. And digital started going into music when we would go from analog recordings to digital. Digital sounds so much crisper. 
Whereas analog has this shh behind it, which is actually kind of cool now. We've gone from digital is cool and crisp to shh is good. Am I digressing? So CFP Chad Burton showed that in the last 86 years that there's been two halves, 43 and 43. And essentially things are all the same. So why would you ask a coworker? Why would you get out of the market? Do you think that market was like in World War II? He's like, oh, I don't know, that, that guy Hitler. He might be onto something. He might get world domination. You don't ask that, that employee for stock advice because that was a good time to invest, oddly enough. When things are down, when things are dark, when things have an evil that we can point to, that we can manifest into all of our problems onto. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Let's talk stocks, shall we? Um, this has been an interesting week. I, I almost feel that these weeks are almost too obvious. Where some weeks we're talking about, oh, there's a cure uh, being developed. And we get excited. And this week we've been, you know, Apple's had a big run up and Amazon's had a big run We've gone from mega tech, the growth of what's working now, or the church of what's working now. We've gone from believing in Apple and Netflix and Amazon and Tesla and Google to saying they've had their run. Now, this is crazy. Apple was down yesterday showing you that they're not immune to the COVID-19 issues. Their stock has had a massive run up. They're down 1.2% yesterday. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. And I'm like, if anyone's ever bought Apple in the history of buying stocks of Apple stock, they're at an all-time high minus yesterday. It's like, whoa. Well, that's humbling, and they had a bad day. So we're shifting our money right now. The quarter just ended, and it looked good for us to be in big tech. In 90 days, where will it be good for us to be in? Short term, that's how the market's thinking right now. You can't be the one-trick pony. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. A good friend of mine just learned that his dog passed away, and I'm like, oh. It's almost easier for me to process an 80-year-old person passing away than it is for a dog or a child. I do this show to try to get you to retirement. I do this show to try to get you a moment where you can be a great grandfather and surprise your kids, your grandkids with being the greatest grandfather ever. And like, you're not going to be a great parent. You're going to make mistakes. I did a piece this week called The Perfect Portfolio. And what I really want is not the perfect portfolio. I want the awesome portfolio. It doesn't have to be perfect. 
I see way too many people look for perfection in investing, and it just doesn't exist. You're not going to buy low and sell high perfectly. Last night, I was answering the Q&A in the web chat because Chad loves to hear his own voice talk when he's doing seminars and webinars. He doesn't like to share the microphone. A little bit of a microphone pig there, aren't you? It's like Michael Jackson. Yes, not Michael Jackson. <laughs> Michael Jordan. little difference. Michael Jackson playing basketball, not as good as Michael Jordan. I saw Michael Jordan as a ball hog. He missed more shots than he made. And he made a record number of shots or something like that. I saw a ball hog. You're never going to be perfect. You need to stop trying to be that way as an investor. I got a lot of questions on the Q&A last night of um, what's the next sector? You know, what stock do you like? And I'm like, what? Oh, I can come up with 100 stocks I like. I, I personally only own, if I were to think right now, how many stocks do I own? I don't have an answer. I want to say 12. I own a lot of indexes. I own a lot of ETFs. I'm, I love stock picking. I love it. But I don't have to be perfect. And I don't have to look for the right, you know. In horse racing, you handicap a horse. And if you see a horse that's two to one, that's not, a, that's not necessarily a sure thing. The sure thing is under one to one. So when you see like a horse that's four to five, your dollar will only win you 80 cents if you pick it to win because it's four to five. So you're not getting a whole bet. Two to one, you get a dollar for your dollar. Like That's not exactly how it works. Horse racing, a lot of people think you're, you're betting against the horses. You're picking the winner. What you're doing is, that's actually not true. You're trying to see how many stupid people there are out there, and you're trying to beat them. It's, it's an interesting concept. It's a little bit different. Um, through a lot of therapy, you know what sucks is when you have a therapist recognize you and say right in front of you, oh, I love your show. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to say some really dark things here. But he kind of got what drives me. The show drives me. I want to help people. I want to get you to retirement. But through a lot of therapy, because I had daddy issues and I still do, that stuff doesn't go away. Um, he's like, Rob, most of the world's worried about the 99%. He goes, you're worried about the 1%. You're worried about that 1% to 3% zone. He says, you're good at what you do because you eliminate risks. I'm not great at blackjack. I tend to win in blackjack versus the dealer because I play the, the risks. I play the numbers. With horse handicapping, if you're going to get with a 99 to 1 horse, you're, you're not going to win. And the one time you do, it'll be a fluke. And you'll think that you're smart. It doesn't play out like that. Winston Churchill once said, I'm fond of pigs. I know you're saying, Rob, you don't see a lot of pigs in your life. Well, that's not true. Um, as a young man, I ate wild boar. As an older man, I met a man who shot a wild boar. Pigs are in my life everywhere. Uh, but Winston Churchill once said, I'm fond of pigs. Dogs look up to us. Cats look down on us. Pigs treat us as equals. I love that quote. You should have some quotes that sum up your personality. And you should have some quotes that sum up your investment philosophy. You can call them memes. You can call them mantras. Um, 
it could be as simple as buy low, sell high. And that will evolve when you're 20 years old into something like when there's a market correction, that's buying opportunity. That's your 30-year-old perspective. When your 40-year perspective is instead of buy low, sell high, it becomes market corrections are great buying opportunities too. That was a once-in-a-generation buying opportunity. I said it here on this radio show back in March. This is a once-in-a-generation buying opportunity. Sometimes you meet adversity and you have to like be comfortable with it. And it helps to have some perspective from evolving something as simple as buy low, sell high. When most Americans buy high and sell low, that's a tenet that I learned in, in investing. When I interviewed the greatest mutual fund manager of all time, Peter Lynch, I, there's a statistic and I said, you run the greatest mutual fund of all time. It's beat to the market 20 straight years or 19 out of 20 years. Like, I want that kind of performance. People have put money with you because of your track record. And he came back to me, and he was just a jerk. He was so dry. Radio needs kind of like a little color, a little moisture. Take the mask off, so to speak, when you're on radio. Um, you can spit across the room on radio, which, trust me, I don't go in the studio right now because of that exact reason. Um, but... More people lost money in Fidelity and Magellan than made money. And yet it's the greatest mutual fund of all time because people would buy high and sell low. Even though they, you knew he had a great 20-year track record, people would try him out for one year. And then they'd quit. So anyway, to my good friend who lost a dog. If there are no dogs in heaven, Will Rogers once said, then when I die, I want to go where they <laughs> Uh, it's tougher for me to lose a dog than it is a human when I lost my father I became a better person when I lost a dog I just turned into a puddle of goo anyhow a great song that they don't play anymore because of a lawsuit I'm Rob Black talking all things financial find me online at newfocusfinancial.com that's newfocusfinancial.com thanks for listening Comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in to Rob Black and your COVID. Whoa. I'm a little bit on the chunkier side <clears throat> at times. And uh, one of my kids knows that diabetes is in my family. So he says, why don't you name your show Rob Black and your diabetes? I'm like, well, why don't I name my show Rob Black and he's got he's got no kids? Um, <laughs> hey, Sam, don't be cheap. Pay my dad more money. And the one who's eloquent there is my good kid. The one who can barely speak and sounds like he's drooling on himself came up with a COVID uh, diabetes joke. Anyhow, anyway, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. We're talking COVID and how things have changed. And I did my first doctor's appointment because I had the creepy crud, as Elvis referred to it. I had an itching problem 
in a sensitive area. That's terrible. In this case, it was in a sensitive area, but for the story, for the sake of the story, let's just pretend it was. And I was able to show the doctor on telemedicine, and he's like, I'll write you a script. Where do you want it sent? And I said, CVS is great. And then I was like, well, I don't want to go into a CVS because I see old people in there. And if you look at the stats, people over 80 die a lot from COVID. People over 60, they die pretty frequently too. And I'm like, every time I go into CVS, it's people over 60, 70, and 80. So I, I, CVS sends it to me now. They drive it to me. It's been pushed forward. I never have to go in again to a store. It all started with gas stations. And I love them when you could pay at the pump. And now you don't even have to go into a doctor. You know, the idea of going to a hospital, a waiting room with other sick people because you have a little slight scratchy throat. No, 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 no. I'd much rather do that. So we're talking about how COVID has changed things. Digital payments. Everyone's paying with their phone now. It used to be like, do you take MasterCard? No, we don't take MasterCard. Do you take Discover? No, we don't take Discover. Where you had to like negotiate with a broker about what payment systems they had and didn't have. Now you just say, D- is this touchless? Can I, can I, does this take Apple? <clears throat> and you just pay at the kiosk. I love kiosks too. So healthcare has been pulled forward. The government, the role of government in our life. Hey, I want a paycheck too. I want COVID money. I want everything the government's handing out right now. Wait, cheese? The government's handing out cheese. But, you know, also what we're seeing is a lot more tech enabled surveillance. We're seeing the world figuring out supply chains. <clears throat> Are we okay that China manufactures all of our products that we want to use for Apple? What happens if there's a hiccup, a pandemic? <clears throat> so we've learned that our supply chain will slowball. It will slow down on a global level. Digital payment's important. Um, I was talking to Tony Mendez, BayAreLoanSource.com, good friend of mine. I have to imagine your industry has had some changes in the last 20 years that really caught some traction in the last three months. Whether it's you know filling out forms online, signing online. What has the mortgage industry seen change the most, Tony, due to COVID and the pandemic and face masks? Uh, good morning. Uh, you said that well. Uh, the, the industry has embraced technology over the last several years. Um, you know, coming out of you know the Great Recession was an eye opener for the business, saying we just don't know how to handle stuff. And um, a lot of companies were um, downsizing significantly. Now they have the technology to be able to do that: uh, work from home, process from home, underwrite from home. So the, coming out of COVID. Um, and the, you know the initial stages of it, they were able to embrace that technology and make it and make it work. Um, I continually say on on the show that I do, and try to tell people that it's still working. It may not feel like it for a lot of you know the, the news that people are hearing, but it's still working right now. Um, the, the the other changes, uh, you know, like Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are saying we don't. We're going to do a lot more appraisal waivers. Um, we're going okay. to do a lot more drive-bys. We're going to uh, start in. Hold on, wait, wait. When you say drive-bys, I instantly think boys in the hood. I instantly think East <laughs> LA. I, I'm thinking uh, your mortgage lender is going to come by and shoot you. <laughs> well, a drive-by was a very popular um, appraisal method 
back before the Great Recession, the appraiser was just there to take a picture of the house and, and verify that it wasn't, you know, a garage or something. And they were able to use that as collateral. Um, and Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have embraced that again, uh, including uh, the appraisal waiver. So that's uh, one of the things that have changed. I think we're going to see probably more states adopt the virtual signings, uh, you know, the final documents. Because in California right now, you still have to sign that final you know, one inch, two inch thick package physically in front of a notary. Um, that was very difficult in the early stages of, of COVID. A lot of people were saying, I, I don't want somebody coming to my house. I'm not meeting someone. We had people, you know, stories about people going out in their patio and then the wind would blow all the documents everywhere and they'd spend 30 minutes putting them back together. Like it was, it was, it was horrible in the beginning and but, you know, people figured it out and they got a little bit more comfortable. Um, but I, I, it's not just the mortgage industry. It's, it's the, the I think the, COVID's going to change the way people, and it's already changing the way people look at real estate and how, you know, people are going to own their houses longer. Even Robert Schiller came out and says, people are going to own their houses longer. They're getting these super low interest rates, which is also another benefit of, I don't want to say benefit of COVID, but another side effect of it. A friend of mine just, their houses longer. A friend of mine just got an apartment and he's stocking it. He just moved out of his mind. He's not a friend, he's a coworker. Uh, so he gets his first apartment and he's stocking it with like massive LED lighting and tr- and remote control and Alexa enabled assistance and <clears throat> I'm like you're spending a lot of money, dude, on your quote, quote first apartment. Yeah. I'm like you're not going to be there forever and you're going to regret some of these purchases. But he's he's like, well, the, dude, I don't want to go out. Look, COVID. People are doing that with their houses. They're, they're saying, you know, yeah. this is where we we're going to live now. Uh, they're either going to go and buy a place that fits what they need. You know, maybe it is work from home. Maybe it's just, you know, out of the city. They don't want to, you know, restaurants, movie theaters, play, you know, par- parks are even closed. And they're like, you know, we're just, we want a better house. Or they're going to fix up the house that they live in, and they, they're going to get that super low interest rate, borrow some money to fix up their house if that's what they need, and live in it for a long period of time. So that's also going to put a constraint on inventory down the road for, you know, uh, younger millennials that are looking to buy houses. So let me ask you a right pointed now, COVID question. Mm-hmm. Have you been waiting to buy a house? Are prices going down or are they going up? Is demand going up or is it going down? Um, because I think it's counterintuitive. Well, it, a lot of, a lot of people have been sitting on the sidelines. There, there was a survey that came out like 60% of uh, potential buyers were going to wait six months from the beginning of COVID and a lot of those people are going to come back and buy. So there's going to be a lot more demand. Right now, purchase applications out um, are outpacing supply. So we all know the math on that. Supply is limited. It's going to drive prices or continue putting prices a little bit higher. Redfin is continually seeing um, large cities all across the United States and small cities uh, seeing over asking price, like 50%, it's like 54% of homes are seeing multiple offers or over asking price and, and, and bidding wars. So yeah, there's demand. Uh, there's, and there's no supply. So I continue seeing it, but I think we're at 4.6 year over year price growth. That's slowing down a little bit, but um, we're going into another buying season in, in the fall. And I think it's going to be it. just a late spring. Got it. Thanks. It's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's busier than ever. I thought COVID was keeping us all at home, and we're like, you know, chicken cooping it, you know? Like, <clears throat> it'd be nice to buy a house. Let's take a look at a house, but we can't buy a house because we can't go out a house. We can't get a loan. He's busier than ever. So speaking of drive-bys, he, he said that's something that's changed in his industry where 
an appraiser can now, instead of putting on the scrubs and going into on the roof and under your house and <clears throat> checking to see if it truly is a good condition home for the buyer or the seller yeah, or the appraiser, the guy who's lending the money, that's now a drive-by, which makes me think of Train, classic pop American band, California band. It was their sixth studio album, California 37. We're like, um, hmm. <clears throat> I knew their first one. I knew their second one. They had three, four, and five, but they had a sixth one? Yes. And it had a song on it called Drive-By. Pop song. Uh, <clears throat> buoyantly acoustic. Hook-laden melody. Peaked at number 10 on the American charts, says my uh, good friend. He's dead, though. <clears throat> Casey Case would say, coming in at number 10 on the Billboard Hot 100. A double platinum certification. Two million sales in the United States. A top 10 hit in 13 countries. And now on your radio, because your dog died of COVID. This is for you, COVID. You were the best dog ever. Drive by by train. They have had an amazing career. You know why? Because they should have peaked at that Tears of Angels song, and you should never have heard from them again. There should never have been an album three, four, and five, let alone a six. You know how they did it? Appealing to people like me. When I was 16, 17, there was a rebel named Howard Stern. I didn't listen to him and pissed my dad off. So as I turned 25, I listened to him on my own. It probably would have pissed my dad off, but he's dead. So he just laid there. Worms were eating him and he's like, I'm not happy. So Train made friends with Howard Stern. And that's kept them relevant. Marketing post in the, in the time of COVID. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Gonna break. Be right back. Train taking a break. online at robblack.com now back to rob black and your money on am 1220 kdow i'm rob black please note that this is not a competition it is only an exhibition please no wagering wagering oh boy this is kind of an embarrassing thing to admit i get a little bit fed up with the news burned out i can't watch it during covid how things have changed do you know what I'm watching now? Horse racing. <laughs> it's the only live sport in town. <laughs> yes. Yes, Timmy fell down in a well. Horsey face. 
It's Sarah Jessica Parker, everyone. She's going to take me to save Timmy. She's got a new show coming out on HBO uh, called Horsey Tooth in the City, which, oddly enough, is exactly how it sounds. Sarah Jessica Parker's at the gate. Racing! So it's kind of funny. Um, I'm watching a little bit more horse racing, and I'm trying to figure out, is there any math to it that I can understand? See, I'm really, really good at understanding. I Baseball as a kid, it, it relaxed me to put me to sleep. My kids, my parents were able to give me a box score, give me a newspaper I could fall asleep just from looking at the 1976 New York Yankees and what he did. Um, Reggie Jackson, you know, Chris Chambliss, <laughs> Willie Randolph, Nicky, Ron Guidry pitching. Numbers really relaxed me. I know you're saying, where's this going? I don't know. Can't it just be that? I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. How COVID has changed things is kind of the theme of this hour, whether it be telemedicine, pushing forward how we consume media, getting kind of excited by Apple's announcement, their next phone's not going to be $1,200, but $1,000 a year. Like, I wonder if the parts have gone down in price or they're just desperate to get people to buy it this fall. Uh, uh, fall. You know what I used to love about fall? It was meant back to school. You kind of like your kids and you hang out with them during the summer, but ultimately you get tired of them. You want the teacher to take them back. <laughs> You're saying, I don't even know what that means, but I love it. Yes, it's anarchy. Um, so what, what has COVID changed? A lot of parents have put iPads and tablets in front of their kid and like, watch your TV this way. Do your homework this way. We've pulled a lot of things forward. Factory automation. The news is being dominated right now by things like shortages of meat. Um, major packing plants swept by the coronavirus remain shut. Factory automation will be another global phenomenon. China, how they reacted to COVID versus how we reacted to COVID. I get the feeling that our media kind of painted a picture of them holding citizens at gunpoint. Do not leave the house if you have a fever and you try to leave your house. They check you for fever and they show you a gun like we're the bad guys. This is how we quarantine. But over the past decade in China, we've seen changes in their demographics. We've seen the government pushed for innovation, broadening opportunities in healthcare and technology. China's showing the world stage. We're not the United States. The United States appears to be a little dysfunctional to the world. We didn't handle COVID as well as they did. And that's like, whoa. And the, what I'm telling you is business is being done with China. And business questions are, are being asked about the United States. Mobile computing and real estate, 4G enabled a number of new businesses in the last decade. Every time there's a big rollout of new technology, you get new applications that kind of catch up to it. We got 5G coming out. But real estate agents, and they had to figure out fast how to use the cloud, how to do distributed computing, how to do you know the downstream sales process versus the I've got to be very careful in this day and age not to offend anyone. Even realtors, we actually call realtors we call realtors. 
like a soft owl. Um, but they've gone remote and have done a nice job on it. I like the idea of you and me. Let's say I have a, a crush on you. I like the idea of you and I tonight watching a little Facebook video and then going, hey, hey, baby, let's look at some houses together. You know what that means? And she goes, I know what that means. And then my wife walks in the room and she goes, who are you talking to on Facebook? I'm like, no one, no one, no one, no one. Um, the number of divorces coming out of COVID on the rise. The number of babies coming out of COVID on the rise. Who are these people if you can't, how shall we say, see their teeth because they're wearing a mask? Who are these people who are having babies without seeing someone's teeth? It's very, very important that you have 32 teeth if you want that baby to grow up like normal. I know you're saying, where did you learn this parenting trick? I don't know. I think we should, if you have a license to drive, you should have a license to have a kid. But that's another government intervention into our life that I'd be willing to settle for. Anyhow, um, shareholders and stakeholders. I have heard so many freaking fracking conversations in the last two to three months about what do the millennials think? Um, I was on one call. I was overhearing one call where the CEO is basically saying, okay, we're going to do some furloughs and this is what we're going to do. And we got to, you know, uh, we're, we're definitely focusing on black lives matter. That's super important messaging we need to hear. And they, they let millennials in these town hall type meetings go, why do you make so much money? Why didn't you just, if you make $10 million as a director, why didn't you slash your pay and, uh, make less money and then we could keep everyone of our... Like millennials never had a voice. Right? Good. And now shareholders and stakeholders are doing the same exact thing. <clears throat> kind of stepping up during COVID as I have an obligation to have an opinion. Anyway, things that changed during COVID. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. I Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.